We've probably all experienced at least one time when a student has lost their cool in our classrooms. Today, I talk about three ways that we can help prevent it from happening in the first place. Welcome to Becoming a Mindful Teacher. This is a podcast for educators who want to improve the lives of children by digging deep into the minds of their students and themselves in order to create a space where it is safe to learn. My name is Winter and I am passionate about helping children break through their mental junk in order to become successful little humans. Join me on this journey each week as we delve into the many ways that we can help our students succeed no matter what difficult situations they've experienced. Let's get started. Welcome back. I still, I never know how to start these things. And so hopefully you're happy and your day is going well and (laughs) you're happy to join me and learn and work with me today. Um, Welcome to the podcast where we talk about children and ourselves and how we can make ourselves better so that we can be our best for everybody. This is kind of a continuation from last week. In last week's episode, which was uh, episode 12, I talked about our window of tolerance and how it plays a big part in making or breaking us when we become overwhelmed. So if you didn't listen to that uh, episode, ultimately, you could envision yourself as being a glass of water. And this glass of water is that window of tolerance. And if you were super calm and at peace, then you would see this glass as being pretty empty and, and not full of any stress. So in this case, the water in this cup is stress. But let's be real. And I don't think anyone has ever had their glass actually free of stressors ever. So our goal is to have this glass be as little full as possible. But the more agitated and the more stressed we get, the more overwhelmed we become, the quicker and more full that that glass becomes. So if our glass were to become a hundred percent full, then that is when we lose our cool and we are just pretty much not functional as a human being and we just lose our mind. So believe it or not, our students have this same exact window of tolerance that we have. And these little babies, they can only handle so much before they will flip their lids and you know what that looks like. They just kind of go a little berserk. So their stressors will definitely look different than ours, but their feelings and emotions and their reactions, they're pretty much the same. And you might say, you know, winner, what are you talking about? Like children throw temper tantrums. Okay. Tell me in our world today that when you look at the news, which I don't watch, but if uh, I look at the TikTok and tell me you have not seen grown as people throw temper tantrums just as a child. So I know you hear me. And that is what this is. These people, their window of tolerance has been met. They are overflowing and it is just not possible to continue. So today, what I wanted to do was review three ways that you can help be that champion for your students and be a part of the solution in preventing their window of tolerance or that glass of emotions from from overflowing and turning into just a complete nightmare. So the first thing I want you to do is be aware of the mental state of your students. So in order to do this, you have to actually be present in the moment. And I know how overwhelmed that we can get. That's why I recorded last week's podcast reviewing how in the world we can keep our window of tolerance nice and and wide open. But we have to make sure that, that we are present in our classroom 
and not, I don't mean physically present, but also a, a mentally and emotionally present so that we can be aware of the mental state of our students. So how did they enter the classroom? How are they responding to their classmates or how are they responding to you? And one way to determine like the pulse on your room is by having an actual emotion check-in with your students. So I've seen this done a different couple ways. Uh, one is that during like a morning meeting where the class creates a graph, graphing their own emotions. So like they'll have a little, a little number or a little, you know, colored clip or something where they place it on a graph and they show what emotion they're feeling, whether they're happy, excited, sad, you know, the, the basic emotions. And when, after they vote on their emotions and show it in the graph, you get a clear picture of how your students are feeling and what the pulse of the room is. I've also seen it where teachers have created individualized check-in like recording methods on the students' desks. And this has been in the form of a thermometer. So the cooler section of the thermometer is the, the happier and the more peaceful emotions. And then the more heated and angry and agitated they get, they can move their thermometer to the hotter part of the thermometer. Now that does take teaching and coaching in how to use this thermometer, but that's another way that you can gauge how your class is feeling by just walking through and looking at their desks and checking their thermometers. Or, you know, in the middle of the day, you say, Hey, thermometer check real quick move your thermometer and show me show me where you're at. That way it's not in front of the whole class, but each one can monitor their emotions. And it's such a good tip to help them become present in the moment and check their body and mind and see where they are sitting in those emotions. So now that you've got a pulse on how your students are feeling, you can gauge the behaviors for the day. So for those students who are feeling happy and carefree, well, it's probably business as usual for them and they're completely fine and you can go about your day with them as you normally would. But for those who may be teetering on the edge of a fuller glass and their window is is closing and getting tighter, then we need to check our approach for these students. And one simple method to do that is to adjust your approach from giving directives to asking questions. And I know that that might not seem like it makes a big difference, but it really does. So instead of saying something like, put your name on the paper, you could say, could you please put your name on the paper? It might seem like that's hardly any difference at all, but just that slight change in wording makes a huge difference. So the directive seems threatening and it seems like you're coming at the child. And when children are feeling those negative, um, those uncomfortable, I don't want to say negative emotions because emotions are emotions no matter what, but when they're feeling those uncomfortable emotions, they're feeling threatened already and they're feeling on attack. Remember, they're getting into that fight or flight state and they're on edge. And so if they feel like that you're coming at them with a directive and that's like a demand on them, then they're going to, that's going to fill their cup even further. So asking questions is much less threatening and the student feels like they have a choice in the matter. Now, obviously they don't ultimately have a choice, like they're going to have to put their name on the paper. But in that moment, when you were asking them to do something, it didn't come at them as a threat. It was more of like a, Hey, just like an, you know, just like, could, could you do that? That'd be great. So that wording is, is less threatening. They're way more likely to comply if they feel that you are respecting their decisions and their actions and not so much coming at them 
as a dictator and and demanding that they complete a task. And the third thing I'd like for you to do is provide the students with some brain breaks, preferably ones that also allow them to move their body. So just as adults, and again, last week I mentioned, you know, one way that we can lower our window of tolerance is by going to the gym. The students need that physical movement as well. Um, They are no different. So tiny brains are still growing and forming, and they're unable to sit through lessons. And I know I heard this somewhere. I don't know where the research was for this, but I know it was researched. And it said something about students can only focus for the amount of minutes as they are years old. So for five-year-olds, they're going to lose you after about five minutes if you don't change up the activity. And you are not teacher tired until you are kindergarten teacher tired. I praise you every kindergarten teacher out there. I've never taught kindergarten, but I know with all this COVID stuff going on, I've had to cover kindergarten a lot and that's exhausting. (laughs) But so by having your students get movement every so many minutes, so, you know, say you're in fifth grade, what is that? Like trying like 10, 11 minutes, I would say no longer than 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes, there should be kind of a break in the task that they're doing and allowed movement. You are then allowing their brain to get a break from becoming overwhelmed and preventing their cup from overflowing because they're getting that motion break. They're getting that brain break where they can then begin to regulate their window of tolerance and kind of deplete Anything that might have been filling up, they get a chance to let it calm down and become lower. Their window is opening and they're feeling better. So while we can't prevent every incidence of a student losing their cool and having their window of tolerance just come crashing down upon them, there are a few things that we can do and make our best effort into keeping this glass as empty as possible. So the first one was to have some type of method for checking in on your students, engaging their emotions. So our actions need to reflect the status of our students that we're working with. Second, we have to change our tone to one of respect and not of demand. This will allow the student to feel less threatened, which is the state that many of our students come in anyway with because they've had trauma and that puts them in that fight or flight. And by preventing the feelings of demand and threatening them, it helps them stay calmer. And third, brain breaks will keep their cup from overflowing and it gives them that chance to regulate their mind and body and keep them from inching towards that point of no return. Thank you so very much for joining me today. Hopefully these tips will help prevent some of your students from losing their cool and keep them regulated so that they are much more ready to learn. So please reach out to me on social media. Let me know what else you would like to see covered in the podcast. I love chatting with you guys and seeing how life is going in your neck of the woods. Uh, You can find me on everything social media at a mindful teacher. I will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. If you're interested in more stuff from me, go ahead and join me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at a mindful teacher. You can also join my mailing list to be notified when new podcasts are released. Just head on over to my website at a mindful teacher.com. 